The following is a presentation of the Georgia Southern Sports Network. Powered by Learfield. Welcome to Inside Eagle Nation, your official podcast for Georgia Southern Athletics. Fantrice's debut continues to impress. Four touchdown passes has just tied a Georgia Southern school record. It is 44-7. Inside Eagle Nation is brought to you by Morris Bank. It pays to bank blue. Bud Light. Responsibility has its rewards. Enjoy responsibly. And by Savannah Hilton Head International Airport. Shot fake to get around Anderson. Lane, there's another highlight reel dunk. Check the rim and check the bolts. He almost ripped it off the backboard. It's a game-by-game thing with Kamari Brown. Eagles fans, this is your all-access pass to all things true blue. It's time to take you inside Eagle Nation. And as Coach Russell will say, you ain't seen nothing yet. And now, here's your host, the voice of the Eagles, Danny Reed. Eagle Nation, it is great to see you again. Happy New Year. Hope your 2023 is off to a great start. This is the first Inside Eagle Nation podcast of the new calendar. But before we get to some of the athletic moments that have happened over these last few days, we would be remiss if we didn't quickly recap what a great year 2022 was. And when you think back to women's rifle winning an outright Southern Conference championship for the first time ever, women's soccer winning a Sunbelt championship for the first time ever, first regular season title for the program since it was started 30 years ago, In the spring, three sports going to the postseason for the first time ever. Men's and women's golf, both going to the NCAA tournament for women's golf, winning the Sun Belt for the first time. Men's golf going for the third time in the last four years. And what a ride Ben Carr gave us over the summer, competing in the 122nd U.S. Amateur, finishing in second place. But he will have a chance to represent Georgia Southern at the Masters over the next couple of months. First time an Eagle has played in the Masters in more than 30 years. And, man, that is going to be such a point of pride for this program. Georgia Southern baseball, what a marvelous 2022 they had. 41 victories, most since 2009, all capped off by hosting the first NCAA regional in program history. They earned that number 16 seed, some of the best crowds we've ever seen inside J.I. Clemens Stadium. Ty Fisher gave us a memory that we will never forget with his shutout against UNCG in game one of that regional and a couple of close battles against Notre Dame and Texas Tech to round out the season. It gives us a lot to be optimistic about going into Eagle baseball in 2023 and you know that and softball starting within the next five weeks. And, of course, Georgia Southern football off a 3-9 2021, year one under Clay Helton. What would it look like with so much newness? Well, a six-win regular season resulted in a berth in the 2022 Camellia Bowl in Montgomery despite the loss to Buffalo. Records were set, fun was had, and memories were made. And we will cover that in just a little bit. But we begin 2023 by wishing good luck to Georgia Southern Swimming and Diving, currently competing at the Orange Bowl Classic at the Jacobs Aquatic Center down in Key Largo, all part of the Orange Bowl's series of events. Now, the football game was played back on the 30th. That was a victory for Tennessee over Clemson. But for Swimming and Diving, this officially jumpstarts their spring schedule and the first event under new head coach Allison Sweeney. They will host UNC Asheville on January the 14th. And, of course, for women's rifle, off one of the most successful falls in program history, ending the campaign with its highest ranking to end a semester in the history of the program, they are gearing up for a long trip, a cross-country journey to say the least, 
as on the 14th, they'll be heading to Fairbanks, Alaska to take on number seven, West Virginia, number three, Kentucky, and the number one team in the land, Alaska Fairbanks. This is something we've discussed with head coach Soren Butler a number of times over the last couple of months, and I know they are excited to get this trip going. We'll visit with Soren on a future edition of the Inside Eagle Nation podcast and recap exactly how things went. Start of conference play for Georgia Southern men's and women's basketball. We begin with the women's side taking a six-game winning streak into league play last weekend. They had a couple of home games. They unfortunately saw their winning streak come to an end in an 82-70 loss to Texas State, a wire-to-wire victory for the Bobcats, sending Georgia Southern to 8-2 overall. And despite the loss after their best start to a season since 1979, undeterred going into the Saturday afternoon New Year's matchup against Arkansas State, defeating the visiting Red Wolves 99-86, to 21 assists, 13 turnovers for Anita Howard's team, but Taryn Ward with one of the best games in the history of the program. She put up 40 points on 14 of 21 from the field, made a career-high six three-pointers, just the third woman in Georgia Southern basketball history to score 40 points and only the fifth time it has happened, period. First since Phi Blake accomplished that back in 1989. It was also the highest point total by any player in the Sun Belt Conference in 2022 in just the eighth 40-point performance in the country this season. And for her efforts, probably one of the easiest decisions that the league has had to make all season, Taryn Ward is the Sunbelt Conference Player of the Week. And the women will be back in action with a pair of road games starting on Thursday at Coastal Carolina, 6 o'clock tip up in Conway. And then they'll go to Marshall in Huntington, West Virginia. First time the Eagles and Thundering Herd matching up since their days in the Southern Conference. That is a 1 o'clock tip from the Cam Henderson Center. And what has become the norm for Anita Howard's team, ranking in the top 15 in the country in eight separate categories, including averaging 90 points per game. That is good for number two in the land. They're fourth in the country in rebounds per game, sixth in steals and defensive rebounds, 10th in scoring margin and free throw attempts, 13th in rebounding margin, and 14th in assists. So I think it's safe to say that these ladies are on the verge of doing something quite special now that the calendar has turned to 2023. On the men's side, the Eagles got eight days off after that loss to Ball State back on the 21st of December, finishing up non-conference play with a 7-6 record. They got their first split weekend out of the way, which meant they had one home game and one road game. Beginning on Thursday against South Alabama, a team that was tight with Oklahoma earlier this year and played Alabama within 10 points in non-conference play as well. But Georgia Southern largely dominated the visiting Jaguars, holding them to 29% from the field and out-rebounding South Alabama 54-27 in a convincing 64-50 victory. Kamari Brown returned from injury. Even though he only scored two baskets, they were two highlight baskets, which is pretty commonplace for him. Had an offensive putback dunk during the first half, received a Jalen Finch alley-oop lob in the second half. But more importantly for Kamari, he came up with a career-high 12 rebounds as part of that wide gap on the glass against South Alabama. We visited with him on the Ford Locker Room wrap-up and how nice it was to simply have him back on the court. All right, go back to the first half when you had the putback dunk because that felt like Kamari. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that felt like Kamari had arrived. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, he made a huge emphasis on uh, crashing glass and rebounding, so I was trying to go as, as hard as I could, you know, from the last time I was out here, you know, it was a, not a good situation, but so I'm just out here playing from, uh, my full ability. It, it seemed like you guys set the tone defensively, especially in that first half. I think they missed nine straight shots at one point over five and a half minutes. And for a team that's got a lot of offensive talent, you just held them to 29% shooting. What was the key? Uh, the key is just make sure, like, 
to get out on shooters, make it tough for them, and then when the shot goes up, just have to rebound it. Some of the other things that pop out, Jalen Finch, a great line with 14 points, five rebounds. He had five second-half assists with no turnovers, two steals. Carlos Curry had 11 rebounds. But some of those hustle plays, and I'm thinking about a couple of your offensive rebounds, the one on the baseline where you kept it in bounds late and then the block shot on the other end and keeping that in bounds. Where would the extra energy come from tonight? Uh, just playing hard, really. Just playing hard, like I said, uh, you know, Back out here, it feels good. So I just want to make sure I'm uh, play to my full ability. Let's play hard, as hard as I can when I'm on the floor. What's the conversation been like with the coaching staff these last few days since you guys got back from Christmas? Uh, to basically lock in, you know, it's conference time now. So we start out 0-0. So I'm glad that we uh, started out right and got the, got the win. After that, head coach Brian Berg joined us. And for Coach Berg, like is typically the case, this one was all about defense. We wanted to match their physicality. They had great size uh, in the paint. I think our guys executed the game plan to a T. Give them credit. Uh, Carlos Curry on the boards, especially in the first half, yeah. 10 rebounds in the first half. And then Kamari Brown coming off the bench uh, after an injury and really cleaning up a lot on the glass. I also thought we contested a lot of shots at the rim, made it really tough for them. Um, you know, they're a physical, really talented team. Give credit to our players. Really proud of what they did today. Yeah, you hold them to 29% period, but they made just 14 out of their 42 two-pointers. That, that's a pretty noteworthy stat. To be able to consistently contest them as much as you did around the rim, what did that take? Well, we, we came back Christmas night. The guys put in a lot of work this upcoming or this week in preparation for this game. We knew how talented South Alabama is and how well coached they are. We just felt we wanted to make sure that it was going to be extremely hard to get shots around the rim contest the one really dynamic shooter from the perimeter, White, and uh, give credit to our players. They did a really good job executing. They started in their man-to-man. -man. You actually took advantage of it. I think your first 13 field goal attempts were inside the arc, and then they went to their zone, which they were in for much of the rest of the game. Sometimes it looked like a 1-3-1. Other times it looked like some different looks. But when they changed their defense, how did you keep your offensive principles? Well, early on we thought we could attack in the ball screen coverage. Um, Jalen Finch was really good at not only scoring the ball and, and distributing, but I thought he managed the game extremely well from the point guard tonight. And um, whenever they switched to the zone, it got a little stagnant, but we still were able to make some reads. Ball hit the high post, played inside out. And uh, that's what we've been working on quite a bit. Following that 1-0 start in Sunbelt Conference play for the very first time under Brian Berg, it was a Friday afternoon trip up the coast to go to Conway, South Carolina, and match up on New Year's Eve against the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. Now, Georgia Southern has had a measure of success inside the HTC Center going into that game. They're one of only three teams in the league to win there three times since Coastal came to the Sun Belt back in 2016. It was a tightly contested battle with 13 lead changes and six ties, including a 51-51 nod with right around 11 minutes to play. But from there, Georgia Southern took control. 12-2 run over a stretch of just over five minutes, went 12 of 16 from the free throw line while holding Coastal to four of eight. That was a team that was coming in 79%, good for seventh in the country. And Georgia Southern got the road victory and a 2-0 start in league play to finish out 2022, 73-64 over the Shawnee Clears. Jalen Finch was brilliant once again. He had 16 points, as did Caden Archie, but it's how Archie's points came that was most noteworthy. A career-high four of six from three-point territory, having only made five threes all year going into that matchup. He joined us on the Ford Locker Room wrap-up to talk about that newly discovered shooting touch and what it took to get this one done in the Grand Strand. I think as a basketball player, when you see it go in, you know, your first shot, like, 
that's all the confidence you need right there. So I just continued to stay confident, not think about it too much, and just, just kept shooting. I don't know if I see many guys on this team shoot more jump shots than you. Why do you <laughs> think it decided to click today in this one? Um, it, It's just work, you know. Um, I've been working on it ever since the season ended last year, you know, and – you know, just because, you know, the percentage and stuff you know, may not where I want it to be right now. I always have faith in my shot. My teammates have faith in my shot and the work I put in. So every time I touch the ball, I always think it's going to go in. <laughs> I know you guys are based as being a defensive-minded team, and especially in that second half, you made it really tough for Coastal to score around the rim. You rebounded exceptionally well on the defensive end. How did you guys have to get to a point where you realized that that was going to take that to win this kind of game? You know, they're, they're a talented offensive team. They like to play fast and transition. They got um, Mustafa, who came back from last year, who's a really good player. Um, we realized we couldn't go back and forth with those guys, and we wanted to get the win, so we decided to clamp down on defense, and that's exactly what we did. We also had some time to visit with head coach Brian Berg, and while he brought up Caden Archie's shooting exploits, this one came down to being a full team effort to get to 2-0 and in Sunbelt play. I think we played real unselfish tonight. Um, give credit to the players. This is a quick turnaround. You know, it was a split weekend for us, playing at home on Thursday and then coming up here on Saturday. Uh, it was a long day yesterday, but the guys really bought into the, the overall game plan. Really proud of them. We talked with Caden Archie, 16 points. He makes four of six threes, which is a career high, and we know that that's a shot that he has worked on for the two years that you have had him in Statesboro. But why do you think it was today that that shot decided to click for him? Caden's been putting in the time. I think uh, not only did the three-point shots go in, but I think he did a lot of the intangible things that allow you to win from his leadership on the court to his defense, just to his overall leadership of the, the, the group, even in timeouts. A lot of growth in regards to Caden. I'm, I'm super proud of him, especially today. You dominated the glass on Thursday. You hold another advantage in this game, 39-31, to 31, thanks to a lot of work in that second half. 16 second-chance points by virtue of those 12 offensive rebounds, and two in particular I'm thinking about from Andre in the second half where he just sprinted down court. It was just extra effort. It was want-to that got you those four points. Yeah, I always talk, talk to the team. Our whole staff does. We emphasize that the biggest key in any Division One game is rebounding. Sure. We've done that the last two games in Sunbelt play. That needs to continue. Andre had some key rebounds. And then if you look on the defensive side, you know, Tyron Moore pulling eight defensive rebounds is a really, really good stat. How about only turning the ball over one time in the entire second half? Yo, we, we want to value the basketball. Nine turnovers. That's a formula to win. Um, thought Jalen Finch played a spectacular game, also managed the team. Um, did a really good job, though, getting the ball where we needed to get it and then got some crucial stops, especially late. If you look back at Nate Bradford's five minutes on the court, sure. um, the common person probably wouldn't see what he did, but he had some really, really key areas where he defended, walled up, and got some really good stops during his time. When you built the double-digit lead, you had to think that in the final couple of minutes, Coastal was going to have some kind of pressure off of made baskets. We know they love to double off the screen in the half court. How were your guys prepared for that when it came up? You know, this, this we haven't hit our ceiling at all. we got a long ways to grow. And we have a higher ceiling than where we are right now. Um, the first two games, you look at it, we've had a lot of growth. We've, this was a, a grit, like a grit win. Had some mental toughness. Um, knew that they were probably going to throw some type of trap late game, try to speed us up. Finch, extremely uh, great ball handler. Tyron Moore, great ball handler. Guys just took care of the basketball. And uh, Kamari Brown, you know him coming off the bench, play, playing great minutes. Um, just excited for today. Know that we got 16 more of these, and it'll be a fight every single night.
Georgia Southern takes a 9-6 record into the second weekend of Sunbelt Conference play, looking for a 3-0 start for the first time since 2019. Thursday night, they'll get a tough test from the Marshall Thundering Herd, a team that is 1-1 in league play but 12-3 overall, number two in the league in scoring offense at 82 points per game, also the best offensive rebounding team in the country, averaging 15 per game. And we'll see what the number two Georgia Southern scoring defense can do against the herd. 7 o'clock, the tip. We're on at 6.30 with the Cutwater Spirits countdown to tip off. And then Saturday afternoon, Georgia Southern welcoming in the Old Dominion Monarchs, a team that has not come to Statesboro since way back in January of 1980. 3 o'clock, the tip at Hanner Fieldhouse. We're live at 2.30 with pregame coverage. After this timeout, we'll recap the 2022 Georgia Southern football season culminating in the Camellia Bowl last Tuesday in Montgomery. You're listening to Inside Eagle Nation. It's time to pack your bags because Savannah Hilton Head International offers nonstop flights to a variety of major cities, including Denver, Miami, New York City, Washington, D.C., Cincinnati, Cleveland, and many more. Eight airlines, 26 nonstop destinations. Savannah Hilton Head International, the official airport of Georgia Southern Athletics. See where the airport can take you at flysav.com. Morse Bank is proud to be the Georgia Southern football season presenting sponsor. We've got a lot of Eagles on our team, so we know what it means to bleed blue. Believe, lead, understand, and excel are our principles which Morse Bank was built. Even though things are constantly changing, our commitment to our customers is stronger than ever. Just like the family feel of Georgia Southern, we still say hello when you walk into any of our locations. Because Morse Bank hasn't forgotten that our customers and communities are what it's really all about. And that's what we mean when we say it pays to bank blue. Morse Bank, member FDIC. Welcome back to Inside Eagle Nation. 2022 was a quest for Georgia Southern football to establish culture, to find victories, to simply show signs of progress in year one under head coach Clay Helton. It was a fight to get to 6-6, six and six, but when you consider the way that it happened, a victory in Lincoln, Nebraska against the Big Ten Nebraska Cornhuskers, a win against a top 25 James Madison team in year one in the Sun Belt who came to Statesboro 5-0, and and of course a mesmerizing double overtime victory in the season finale against Appalachian State to not only clinch bowl eligibility, but make sure that App State did not go to a bowl for the eighth consecutive season. It all led us to Montgomery, Alabama and a familiar spot the historic Crampton Bowl for the 2022 Camellia Bowl in the first ever game against the Buffalo Bulls. It was close throughout. Buffalo had built a 14-6 halftime lead, but Georgia Southern forced a turnover on the first snap of the third quarter. And on the Eagles' first snap, Kyle Vantrese hooked up with freshman Josh Thompson for a 79-yard passing score. Not just the longest pass play in Camellia Bowl history, not just Georgia Southern's seventh longest pass in program history, but the longest for the team since 2007. However, a pair of second-half turnovers led to six Buffalo points, and Georgia Southern's touchdown to J.J. McAfee with just over three minutes left cut the deficit to two, but the Eagles never touched the ball again. This time, 23-21 didn't feel so good. Buffalo got the victory by two points, ending their season 7-6 and six, and sending Georgia Southern to 6-7. and seven. But Kyle Vantrese, who had set the school record for passing six games into the season, finished with the third-best passing campaign in Sunbelt history. He set Georgia Southern career completions record. He also set the Sunbelt single-season completions record. And what a season he had, and the only one that he got in Statesboro. 
accounting for 30 touchdowns, 27 through the air, three on the ground. First Eagle quarterback to accrue those numbers since Jason Foster back in 2007. And wide receiver Caleb Hood easily setting the school record with 87 catches. He's also Georgia Southern's career leader in receptions. Marquez Watson-Trent gave Georgia Southern its most tackles since 2002 and plenty to look forward to in this offseason leading into 2023 spring practice. But we close out the football season with our full postgame from the Camellia Bowl last Tuesday as Terry Harvin visited with a number of members of the Georgia Southern Athletic Department and football program. As we take a look back now from Montgomery and the 2022 Camellia Bowl. Athletic Director from Georgia Southern, Jared Benko. Jared, uh, just talk about the fact that we're here. Yeah. No, listen, everybody wants to win a, the last game of the season. And, um, you know, listen, our, our seniors deserve a lot of credit. They uh, they bought into Coach Helton and his staff's vision from day one. Came up short today, and, and these, these losses sting. But you know what? The, the foundation's been laid to get this proud program back to where it needs to be. And I have all the uh, confidence in the world we're going to be better next year and the year's outbound from there. You can only hire the coaches and they're going to do their job, and I think they you'll agree with me, they've done an amazing job this year in doubling our wins from last yeah. year, and we're in a bowl game. And, you know, we can talk about top 25 win and knocking off Nebraska and beating App and getting to a bowl game. But what does it mean to you to see the crowd that showed up this week? Well, it's huge. I mean, it's, uh, I said it last night to, to several people in the hotel lobby, and this is a big reason why I came to Georgia Southern to, to come to Statesboro is because of the fan support. And this, I mean, the 27th, two days after Christmas, you know, five-plus-hour drive from Statesboro, and fa our fans showed out, and it was a home away from home. And so I can't tell you how much we appreciate our fans and others for supporting these guys and continue to believe in the coaches and staff because we're heading the right direction. And I, and I tell you, you know, Terry, I've been in athletics now for 22-plus years, and I do believe sometimes the best coaching jobs aren't always reflected in the win-loss record. Um, and it's not a moral victory per se, but Coach Helton and his staff got as much as he could out of the roster this year. I really do believe that. And so I'm excited about obviously the foundation's been laid and we had a great signing class. We're going to have some more uh, transfer portal kids we'll announce January 9th and we'll have a February signing period. And, you know, the, the right work's being done to get this roster ultimately where it needs to be. And, and I really love our coaches and I think we've got the right staff. And, you know, listen, it's going to be a building year from this year. Talk about the transfer portal. I know that's a much to do in everybody's comments, yeah. but obviously it served us well by bringing yeah. in this new offense and then Kyle Van Trees yeah. and what he's been able to do. Yeah, I mean, going into the year, if you'd said we had a quarterback, though, for over 4,000 yards and the previous record was sh sh you know, short of 1,900, I think a lot of people would have kind of done a double take on that. But, no, I mean, listen, the transfer portal, we're always going to be a developmental program. We're always going to base our program out of signing high school seniors. The transfer portal allows us to go out and address weaknesses or areas we need to get stronger in, and we're going to do that. And you've already saw this past year to transform to go into the game. We're the 30th uh, best scoring offense in the country. And obviously, we know we need to continue to get better on defense, and the coaches will tell you that. And so we're looking at those pieces to make our defense just as strong as our offense. And, you know, I look back this season, and, you know, three of our losses, we had 30 or more points. Offensively, we've had a really good year. Um, we can be better, of course, but defensively, we got to continue to grow and get better there. So it's it's not a, it's not a science. It's nothing that's going to surprise our coaches. We know we have to get better, but I'm really proud of the guys and our seniors because they bought in from day one. And this group's really tight. There's been no um, split locker room. It's been a unified locker room from day one, and I'm proud. I've seen it go different ways in year one, and, um, and so I'm, I'm really proud of the guys. You know, we talk about recruiting and making the. I want to talk about the future. And so with Anthony Tippins' uh, indoor practice facility being built and all the other facilities coming online here shortly or under construction, that helps our recruiting as well. Yeah. And then again, going back to our fan base, the, the number of people that showed up last night and in these stands today, yeah. 
talk about the future of our program. Well, I mean, that's when we bring recruits in and we have a chance to visit with recruits. I mean, we're, we're bringing to them on the, on the, from a fan base standpoint and telling them you'll, you'll play in front of a packed house every home game we have. And it has come true. And so, again, our fans are the reason why our program is the way it is. And, you know, we have the best support in the country. And so you look at that and you start looking at how we're going to continue to bring more top-notch talent in there. I mean, our our, our, our program, you know, six national championships is going to continue to get better and better and better. And so our fans are a big part of it. So today, even though we obviously did come out with a win, you know, we had a whole home side packed, and I, I can't. It doesn't speak highly enough, or can't say enough nice things about our fan base for showing up, and it means a lot because everybody, when you give your time and your resources to make the trip over, uh, we can't thank you enough. So I want to thank Eagle Nation for for buying in this year and buying in every year, and obviously get excited for next year because we're going to be at it and being aggressive towards getting Paulson packed next year. Thank you, Jared, for your time and your leadership. All right, Hell Southern GATA. Hi, Russ. Thank you, Jared Benko, the athletic director from Georgia Southern, and if you'll keep it with me. Uh, as he embraces Kyle Van Trees, quarterback, QB1, as I like to call him. We're going to ask Kyle to come over. And, uh, Kyle, uh, I think Eagle Nation will agree with me when – I know you've only been here for one year, but it seems like you've always been an Eagle. Yeah, I mean, the culture, the tradition um, that this place and this team and this organization has is it's super special. I mean, if you saw like, – look at the crowd that we had today, the support that we have, it's – it's nothing short of amazing, um, and I've been super blessed to be a part of it for, for the small amount of time that I had. As much as I hate to ask, I do have to ask. You played your old team in Buffalo. Um, coming into the ball, ball game today, your feelings coming into the game and everything. I mean, it just felt like a normal game. Um, obviously, I was playing against some of the guys that I have um, spent five years with, four years with. Um, some of my best friends are over there on that team, so you know, it was interesting. It was, a, it was a cool experience to be able to compete against them in a live setting, but, you know. Wish it was a wish it was a different outcome, but I mean, this is still going to be a day that I'll remember forever. Tell me about uh, the most special part of being an Eagle. I mean, you come here as a transfer, and, and you're one that can speak about the portal and leaving a school that you've been with for four plus years, and then you come here and, then, as you say, embracing the culture. What was that like? Man, it was it was just special all the way around. I, you know, being at Buffalo for five years and then coming down here. Uh, it renewed my love for the game and love for everything that has to, that comes with football, the passion of the fan base, the passion of the team. Um, you know, it showed me what it, what college football is all about and what football is all about. Um, and to be a part of it, I couldn't thank Eagle Nation enough, the staff, the support system, all the way up to the very top. Um, and you know, I, I just can't put it into words how thankful I am for everybody. If you're, uh, I guess, talking to any other quarterbacks that are looking for that one year, what's the biggest selling point about why they should come to Georgia Southern? I mean, people might think that that selling point might be the yards and the stats and the numbers, but my selling point would be the coaches and the relationships that you're going to build. Um, you know, Coach Helton, Coach Ellis, all the rest of the entire staff are, you know, they're guys that I'm going to have in my corner for the rest of my life. Um, and I, I, I'm so thankful to have become a part of their lives and part of their families and vice versa. Um, and you know, if you want somewhere where you can call home for the rest of your life, then Georgia Southern uh, is the place for you. You mentioned family. I'll let you go on this note. Um, not only did you come to Georgia Southern become an Eagle, we got your entire family, mom, dad, uncle, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those guys are those those people are with me every step of the way. And I couldn't be again. I couldn't be more thankful for them and all the sacrifices they've made. But they've enjoyed um, being a part of Eagle Nation just as much as I have the hospitality, the people. Everybody's been so kind to us and them, um, you know, and, you know, we'll be Eagles for life. And I, you know, I'll always be a supporter and I'll always do my best to come back and support and help when I can. Um, but, 
you know, to have that those that group of people here with me to celebrate not only my this this last season but my whole entire college career. Um, I couldn't. I just can't even put into words. Well, I want to thank you because we would not have been able to make this transition as successful as we had without you being the quarterback. So thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for coming here. Thank you for representing Georgia Southern and making all of us very proud. Thank you for everything you guys have done for us. Quarterback, QB1, Kyle Van Trees. Thank you very, very much. And now we get a chance to go on the defensive side of the ball. We're going to talk to Codrick Jackson, who I think ended up with 13 tackles today. Um, didn't turn out the way we wanted. Um, talk about the game first, and then we'll get into the experience. Well, I think uh, throughout the game, excuse me. Excuse me. I think throughout the game we played uh, on defense very well. Uh, we got caught in some positions where we had to uh, make some timely stops, and we had to get forced field goals over, over over touchdowns. I think we did that very well, and we came into the game saying we, we, we had to start the run. I think we did that very well. I mean, it didn't turn out how we wanted to, but um, I feel like just the the, blue, the DNA that we have in this team is is very strong. I think, I think we're going places. Future looks good. Is a How's the locker room now? I understand about the loss. I get that, but what did Coach have to say to y'all? Uh, really, he just he, we, we thank our seniors because without them, we wouldn't be in this position. Uh, Kyle, um, Dylan Springer, Todd Bradley, Glenn, um, Justin Ellis, uh, all those guys play major roles. Like just the, just the the leadership that they bring, it, it all it, it draws to all of us. And it's stuff I'm gonna take with me the rest of my life, and it bleeds throughout the whole locker room. So I want to thank those guys for this. Um, Showing us the way, leading the way, and we're going we're gonna to take that and, and, and go even higher. How about Eagle Nation? The, the crowd that turned out today had to be uh, pretty supportive. Yeah, um, I want to thank Eagle Nation as well. The the crowd was 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 crazy. Just um, running out here on, um, at the beginning of the game and seeing how, how big how big of a crowd we had, it felt like a home game, and like you felt the energy from Eagle Nation throughout the whole game, especially in that second half when we needed them. It, it was it was major. So I really want to thank Eagle Nation for that, and we, we'll, 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 we'll do a better job and get y'all get y'all a win. Tell me what's next. Uh, next week, um, next we're gonna um, we have a break right now, and then January we, we hit hit the ground running again with Coach Steiner, and the same thing that we did last last year we're gonna do it times ten and be even better next year. So in January we'll, we'll start back at uh, step one and go from there. That's what I was hoping you'd say. Go Eagles. Is there? Is there? Go Eagles. Hell Southern. Hale Southern, thank you, my friend. Kadri Jackson, 13 tackles on the day. And, and Russ, if you'll uh, give me the time, you know, because special teams is a yeah. third of the ball game, of course. And I always teased him about having the best hair on the team. But uh, and I, I wish I had his build and his leg when I played, but unfortunately I didn't. I have Evingham's finest and proudest son, um, <laughs> Anthony Beck, with us. Anthony, um, talk about this ball game, but also talk about your career as a punter at Georgia Southern. Yeah, um, didn't didn't get the win today, but uh, we're not always defined about W's and L's. Um, it was unbelievable to, to have a career here at Georgia Southern, having the opportunity to, to be here, um, be in multiple goal, bowl games and, and winning a lot of games. Um, I just can't be more proud of, of the young guys in there. Uh, we really we had a goal this year, and, and we were bringing everybody on, um, just whether it was specialists or any other position. Uh, I'm trying to lead in any way possible. Um, my career has been fun. I, uh, Eagle Nation is, is the best around. Uh, being able to play in front of them, whether home or away, they're always there. Uh, it's, it, it was a great time. Um, and I'm grateful for every single moment here at Georgia Southern. It's, it's been amazing. 
Were you having flashbacks when the defense got the ball back? Oh. And you, you were here with Tyler Bass with the 40-yard walk-off. Of course, it was windy and rainy and everything else. But were you thinking, come on, give Alex a chance? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, we came off the field with the PAT. And I looked at him and I said, what more could we ask for, huh? And uh, I, I, I truly believe defense was going to do it one more time. Um, we, we didn't get it done, but, I, I mean, that's how, how it is sometimes. Uh, but, yeah, we were ready. Uh, Alex was sitting there. Uh, I looked at him about every 30 seconds probably, and it's the same smile on his face, and, and uh, we were ready. We wanted it. Um, it's not how it went today, but it'll be okay. What's next for Anthony Beck? Uh, I, I got some decisions to make. Uh, talk with my family um, probably tonight, probably tomorrow. Um, next few days, take some time to relax. Um, but hopefully that wasn't my last down of football. Amen to that. Amen to that. <laughs> I appreciate you. Thanks for representing Eagle Nation. I appreciate your friendship, my friend. Oh, yeah, I appreciate you. And you got the best terror around. <laughs> the head man, Coach Clay Helton. First of all, Coach, let's just talk about the ball game. Yeah, what a great what a great football game, great bowl game. Uh, one, want to thank the Camellia Bowl for just an unbelievable great week. And then I want to thank Eagle Nation. Uh, I've never seen anything like what I saw last night and today, and just just bringing Paulson, you know, into Montgomery, um, it really carried and brought tremendous energy. And then I got to thank this football team. Um, you, you know, in 27 years, this has been by far my most fun ride with any group of men. Um, they've been the definition of toughness. They've been unbelievable discipline, and they've put the team over themselves. Um, it was led by our seniors, um, and. You know, they have laid a foundation that the best is yet to be. And it was neat to see those younger kids come up, give me a hug, and say, Coach, even better things are going to happen. And I believe that in my heart. I really do. Um, it's a great foundation led by our seniors, and they will always uh, be Eagles. You know, sometimes you fight your guts out, and you just come up short. And that's what today was. I, I thought first half-wise, you know, I thought they were more efficient than us on third down, especially in the red zone. We were two of seven where they were six of nine, scored two touchdowns while we scored two field goals. And that eight-point difference as we look uh, at the end of the game is really the difference in, 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 a, in a very close game. Second half, we got a lot better. Uh, you know, we end up seven for 15 on the day, uh, but they continued uh, to throw that ball to number one on third downs, ending up 12 of 19 on third downs on the day. And number one was targeted 19 times, you know, with 11 catches. So credit to them. They made one more play than us. I, I felt like, you you know, it just felt like with the three timeouts and 3.38 on the clock, knew that we were going to have the opportunity to, for at least two opportunity for drive stops, two third downs, and came up short on, on both of them. But proud of our football team, proud of where it's headed, and uh, look forward to the future. You mentioned number one, and I, I bring him back up only because he's from Georgia, mm -hmm. the state of Georgia, mm -hmm. and yet he's playing for Buffalo. Mm -hmm. And I know that's been a big point of emphasis yeah. for you uh, recruiting-wise and then the portal, so hopefully with the offense we're running right now, those type of players will be coming here. Yeah, definitely. You see what we've already done and some big plays made by some young people from the state of Georgia. Marcus Sanders had a big day today. Jet Thompson continues to be a big play guy. It's one of the reasons that you look up. We signed 22 freshmen last year, 16 freshmen this year, 38 freshmen, and and really the, the bulk of them being from the state of Georgia. You know, championships are going to be built from that recruiting footprint of Georgia and the attached states of Florida, South Carolina, Alabama, and and uh, we look forward to the future, bringing those kids in, keeping kids here right at home. And uh, like I said, the best is yet to be. And uh, it's going to be brighter days ahead with the men that are in that locker room.
You mentioned men in the locker room and the seniors. You have a good mix of seniors that have been with the program from day one and then others that have been here for one year, but yet it acts like they've been a part of the program yeah. from day one. The chemistry of this football team, I think that's why I love it the most. I, you know, I've had seasons with more wins and maybe some grander accomplishments, but I don't think I've had a more favorite season. Um, and it's really because of the, the senior leadership that's in that locker room and, you know, how they brought this all together. You know, I asked them a year ago, you know, to believe in a vision, uh, to be coachable, um, build confidence among a football team, build discipline amongst a football team, and be the example. And that's what they've done. They've laid a foundation, laid a, laid a foundation that they're going to look back two to three years from now and go, "Wow, you know, we started that." You know, and and we all know it in that locker room. So, very proud of our seniors. What's next? Um, next is starting all over. And I said, I said in the. Um, I said in the locker room right after the game, um, we start like it, it was our first day on the job, you know, back in, back in January. Um, it's going to be ultra important. I think each and every year you're going to lose 25% of that locker room, whether it's players that are, that are you know, leaving eligibility wise, you're going to lose support staff, you're going to lose coaching staff. Anytime you have success, people come after them, you know, so it, it's, you have to restart your culture and you have to restart and, and show everybody once again, you know, what it takes to win. Um, the one thing that I do think that we have right now is we have so much more confidence in what we started with. Um, you know, from game one to now, these kids never know. Uh, I mean, they they always know they're not out of any situation. You know, and they, they've leaned on each other. They've learned to support each other. And even today, I, I thought defensively supporting the offense and keeping us in it, where we cut it to one score game and have a chance to go win the game. You know, so. Um, like I said, the best is yet to be. I look forward to starting all over again, starting over right in Statesboro and making Eagle Nation proud. Thank you, Coach, for your leadership. We look forward to the future as well, and go Eagles. Thank you very much. Hail Southern. You trained for this all year. Endless hours of cardio, conditioning, and weights. And now you are ready. Ready to trek back to your seat from the concession stand. Through the lines, lost fans, and that mascot who wants you to do a little dancey dance, all without spilling a drop of your ice cold Bud Light. Welcome back to football, sports fans. Thank you to Georgia Southern Football for all the memories from 2022. We cannot wait to see what 2023 has in store. The best is yet to be. That has a nice ring to it, and we hope the changing and we hope the changing of the calendar brings that to us very, very soon. Reminder this weekend for those in Statesboro, it's a homestand for men's basketball looking for at least a 3-0 start in conference play on Thursday. They've got Marshall in town for a 7 o'clock tip. Airtime against the Thundering Herd is 6.30 on Thursday. And then Saturday afternoon, Georgia Southern versus Old Dominion. 3 o'clock tip off from Hanner. We are live at 2.30. That'll do it for this week. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Until then, I'm Danny Reed, and you've been listening to Inside Eagle Nation. You've been listening to Inside Eagle Nation, powered by Learfield, the official podcast of Georgia Southern Athletics. 